Hey, this is Ed Stetzer Live, and I'm Ed Stetzer, and I lead the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center, serve there as executive director, and today and every Saturday I get to be, well, a radio host and have a great time with you talking about important issues of the day, and you may have noticed it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, and we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, as we're in this Advent season, we're going to talk a little bit about, well, Mary in particular, and have some conversation about um, about Mary her role in all of this amazing wonder and miracle of Christmas time. To do that, we're having our guest is Dr. Marina Hoffman. She's a Bible and theology professor at Palm Beach Atlantic University. Uh, I've had the privilege of speaking in chapel there a few times and lots of friends there on faculty and staff. She's also a Bible scholar, award-winning Bible scholar. She's written a new book, Women in the Bible Small Group Bible Study, Illuminating the Leadership, Strength, Character, and Courage of Women in the Bible to Bring Hope and Encouragement in Today's Challenging and, yes, Very Uncertain Times. So we're actually going to give some copies of her book away to callers. It's not just kind of, you know, you don't just call in to get a book, but you have a brilliant, insightful question or a comment. And we're giving a few away of uh, Women in the Bible Small Group Bible Study by Marina Hoffman as well. So let me just uh, join by saying uh, thank you so much for being on the program with us, Marina. We're glad to have you. Thank you so much. And Ed, truthfully, it's not looking like Christmas as much down here in South Florida, I'm sure. That is very true. Of course, we have a wonderful affiliate down there in South Florida. I've had the privilege of broadcasting for Moody Radio South Florida a few times. But it's uh, it's always nice. You know, we get cold here. We're, uh, we get cold here. You don't. But uh, but nevertheless, I was just down there, just preached at Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale, and I put up a little graphic to say, this is what 50 degrees look like in Chicago. We're all outside in shorts, and 50 degrees in Florida, you're wearing thick jackets and hoods. <laughs> so it's a very different world. But uh, but And I know part of your story actually has some Canada in it. I'm actually on Monday driving to Canada to pick up my daughter at the University of Toronto. She's a master's student and speak there at Wycliffe College at the University of Toronto. But, uh, but I wanted to start with a little bit of your own story because it's quite a story of God's faithfulness. You were in a, a devastating near-fatal accident. Uh, tell me a little bit about, tell us, our listeners a little bit about that. Yes, I was driving home from northern Ontario seven years ago, and the highway was under construction, so it was down to one lane each way, and we're still going 70 miles an hour, which in hindsight does seem crazy. And sure enough, the person headed toward us, his head dropped, we don't know what happened, but he did not take the bend in the highway, and sure enough, in a split second, he plowed into us 70 miles an hour, and you can imagine that very few people survive that kind of car crash. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. And and devastating indeed. Uh, I mean, that becomes a kind of a key pivotal moment in your own spiritual journey, does it not? It was. So really, our lives changed so dramatically. I know I laid there in the hospital within the days that followed as I came to realize everything that had happened. We had physical injuries, mental injuries, a brain injury, and that was traumatic and a long road to recovery. But Ed, something a little interesting is also that even the power of God saving our life was itself really something to grasp. I I don't know how many of us have such an incredible outpouring of God's mercy in that moment. It was almost hard to contain, but in three different ways I should have died and God made a way just against all odds to save our life. So there we were, injuries and yet we were alive, but having to really reconstruct our life and think about what our future would be in our new reality. 
Fascinating. Now, of course, you have a fascinating background beyond that. I, you know, I didn't mention yet, but you've got a uh, MA from McMaster Divinity College, a PhD from University of Toronto, which again, I will be at, like I said, Monday, I'll be at the University of Toronto, just across the street from St. Michael's is Wycliffe. Um, and so as a, as a Bible scholar, you've written, you know, broadly on lots of different conversations, but you particularly have this most recent book talking about women in the Bible. Uh, why, why is that important? And um, is that an overlooked field for us to consider? I think it is. Certainly, I had a great opportunity to impact scholarship when I picked some of these women to study in my master's and doctorate. And then having grown so much in them and learning about their passage from a scholarly standpoint, I revisited them after the accident. And to give context, Ed, thank God I had finished my doctorate because I had severe amnesia. I did not remember anything from before the accident and still almost have no memories. My brain injury was so bad, I could hardly put two words together. It was two months before I could simply say the word yes or no without stuttering. So you can imagine the impact on someone who has a PhD and wants to be a professor now having to start at ground zero. But when I did, the first place I went to was women in the Bible. And amazingly, I really saw things I hadn't seen before. And I felt a sense of comfort in these stories because sure enough, these women had faced many of the exact same challenges I was facing. And one example, Ed, would be the story of Hannah. I mean, after all was said and done, two years after the accident, we decided to to try and have a child, and yet I'm told the chance of having one is 0.00001. And you can imagine Mm. how devastating that is, and yet to look at Hannah and say she was in the same impossible situation. What did she do, and how did she move forward in her challenge and having faith in God? So good, so good. And that, that is a recurring theme. And by the way, people can find more uh, about this. As always, these are linked at edstetzerlive.com. Uh, but if you go to womeninthebible.info, and I'll give a couple other websites as we go. So again, always you can go to edstetzerlive.com, find them. But womeninthebible.info uh, kind of walks through and gives some more background. And you can order the book there as as, as well. Um, I, I do... Um, I, I do have noticed the last few years that the conversation about women in the Bible has become more prominent as maybe, you know, overlooked characters mentioned. Now, now we're going to talk about Mary in just a minute. Uh, she's sometimes, I think, overlooked in Protestant and evangelical uh, circles, maybe less so in, in of course, Catholic circles. Um, but but as you kind of bring forward in uh, Women in the Bible— what are you hoping that readers will, as they take this Bible study or walk through this together, what do you hope they'll learn that maybe they've missed? Well, I would say two things. And the first one is that I would hope that women who are living in our culture and have so many voices yelling at them, telling them how they should be and what their priorities should be, will read about these women in the Bible and realize there is such a different counter-cultural lifestyle that they can have. And it's okay to be a woman of faith. And it's okay to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to strive for righteousness. Whoever says this, right? No one talks about this in culture. But it's okay to be a woman of faith. And they are not a alone. And if they will take that step of faith and be willing for God to use them, God will use them. And Ed, we don't need to look any farther than moms across America today to see the impact that women are having, especially women of faith. 
And my second goal, in addition to the Bible, because I know they'll grow in their Bible, their knowledge, their skills to understand God's word and to dive deep. My second hope, in addition to the study, is that women will find friendships. And Ed, you know, we talk so often about the need to be supported on our journey of faith. And how hard is it to find another person who will support us and draw us closer to God and be there as as an example of someone who's God has worked in their life as well, because we need those examples of faith today, not only from the Bible. So I hope that as women gather and do these Bible studies out of that, God will bless them with the gift of friendship and support by sisters in Christ who truly love them and encourage them and inspire them. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, good. And uh, like I said, I mentioned earlier, we're going to give away some copies of Women in the Bible, Small Group Bible Study, and we'll do those to our callers. And I want us to start talking a little bit about uh, what I said at the top of the hour, too. We we're going to talk some about Mary and certainly a woman of the Bible, a Bible that would be, I mean, the Bible literally says her real name would be spoken of and, you know, and, 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 and but sometimes we maybe misunderstand some of who Mary is and, and how Mary ultimately plays part of this story. So, so let's talk. She's part of the Christmas story, even in our secular culture. Um, so how did you come to relate to, to Mary as a biblical figure? Yeah, you talk about secular culture, and I think really the arts have this image of Mary that seems so distant. And she has a halo and Ed, she looks so perfect. And to top it off, Mm -hmm. she has a perfect child. And anyone in who's in my boat that has a three-year-old just looks at that and thinks that is not how my child ever was or ever will be. At least my child squirms constantly. And I, even when I had a child, I felt further distant from Mary, not closer. So I began to look at her life and say, how are we connected? And just starting off, Ed, how does the story of Mary begin? She is she has this encounter with an angel and suddenly her whole world changes. And we can relate to that from the last two years and the dramatic change we've had. And I think sometimes we see Mary is defined by this call. But she was a young woman with thoughts of her future, goals, dreams, ideas, a vision of what her life would be. And everything changes. And just watching her willingness to listen to the angel and accept a call that would change everything, to me, is very inspiring and a great point to start in our relating to Mary. Love it. Okay, good. We're going to continue our conversation with Marina Hoffman in just a moment. I'll take your calls as well, 877-548-3675. We may, uh, Marina is, is a Bible and theology professor at Palm Beach Atlantic University. So if you've got questions about women in the Bible, this is a great time we can call. But we're going to particularly talk about Mary as well. You can call about either. But if you want to ask questions about Mary and join our discussion, we're at 877-548-3675. Here in Ed Stetzer Live again, 877-548-3675. As believers in Jesus, we know our citizenship on earth is actually temporary, but the days can be challenging navigating a world in cultural decline. A.W. Tozer brings help and encouragement in his book, Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. He tackles the how-to of confronting and battling worldliness while we live in anticipation of heaven. Be better equipped to take on each day. Read Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. Your copy is at moodypublishers.com. Hey, we're back at Stetzer Live. We're talking to Dr. Marina Hoffman. We're talking about women in the Bible 
And also particularly, well, one woman of particular import and note in the Bible named Mary. And um, <laughs> I actually tweeted earlier in the week, um, yup, Mary, she knew. And it's interesting how people get like, that's like a, an annual Christmas thing. That and is Die Hard a Christmas movie. It seems to be an annual Christmas discussion. By the way, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, but that's a, another story of another day. So let's go back to Dr. Hoffman and dig in a little bit more on Mary, who she was, why it matters. Um, and so talk to us a little bit more about Mary, her role in the story of redemption. Yes, you look at the call of Mary, and really at the foundation, she's called to bear Christ. And for Mary, of course, it's a literal act and so much more. But for us, I think our call is the same as Mary in the sense that we too are called to bear Christ through our words and actions. And it's incredible, but like Mary, fulfilling our call and God's desire for our life really takes place in the day-to-day. And as we strive to follow God and bring Christ to others day-to-day, who knows the extent of our legacy and impact in the big picture of the people around us. Yeah. Now, one of the things is you know, we got this encounter that Mary has with the angel, which is kind of fascinating. Um, it's 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 a phenomenal event in the in the Gospels. Uh, talk to us about the calling of Mary and how can we maybe relate to her encounter with the angel. Yeah, I think just taking the essence of Mary's call and saying, you know, Mary impacted an entire world simply by raising Christ and then being present in His life from beginning to end. And I think this is so connected to our lives today. There are people in our lives that need us to do the same for them, whether a spouse, a friend, our neighbors, coworkers. And when it all comes down to me in my life, Ed, I think number one is my child. And she's three now and beginning to read stories about the Bible and beginning to encounter Christ in daily prayers. But really the essence of her knowledge of Jesus and who Jesus is, is going to be through the actions of my husband and I. And what a high calling, right? What a huge responsibility to say, Lord, again today, this morning, all day long, give me patience, help me to walk in the ways of your Holy Spirit and to bear fruits so that when my daughter looks to me and my reactions and how I respond to her throughout the day, she encounters Christ. And as she grows into awareness of Christ, she will look to her parents and say, yes, they emulated Christ, and it will be a path that she will want to follow as well. Hmm. Okay, good stuff. So um, we as, you know, evangelicals, you know, we at Moody Radio, Moody Bible Institute, we use the term evangelical to describe ourselves. People could use different phrases, Bible-believing Christians, whatever it may be. Um, we don't talk about Mary as much. I think maybe that's uh, sometimes caused by a fear of overemphasizing uh, Mary, but the Bible speaks of her in uh, ways that she'll be remembered and spoken of for 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 millennia and more. What is the right approach for us to think about uh, Mary as a biblical figure, and the right approach for us to think about her related to to us? How 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 should we think about her as as Christians? Yeah, I think there's really the two aspects. One, we know she was really righteous. And what an example of a person to try and emulate, to be that person who is righteous, who follows God, right? Who obeys God, who is humble and who is willing. Because that 
surely is the type of person all through scripture, and we can extend that today. That's the type of person God's call, God calls. So can we be willing? Can we follow God in faithfulness despite all the pressures around us? And then also to be reminded of the ordinary humanity of Mary, that she was just a young person. She didn't have power and authority and influence in society. So in a sense, she was a person just like us. And there's a beautiful part in the Gospel of Luke where a woman calls out to Jesus about Mary. And clearly she esteems Mary. She says, blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. And this woman just having a beautiful image of Mary. And that is so true. But how does Jesus reply? Jesus says, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. And I don't think we need to take offense at that. I don't think Jesus in any way is negating the beautiful blessing and favor that's on Mary. But instead, Jesus is expanding that and inviting us to enter into the blessedness of Mary. So how beautiful, Ed, when we think of how righteous and holy and wonderful Mary is with all the iconic images we have, but also to realize the blessedness and favor on Mary is available to us. And the righteousness of Mary is something we also can obtain if we're willing to follow God in humility and trust. Mm-hmm. Okay, and by the way, if if you want to kind of see where the Bible talks about her at in depth, it's Luke one is the place to go. And uh, we actually, at my house on Christmas morning, we actually uh, we we kind of have a Bible reading before we do the the opening of the gifts. We start at Luke two, and so now maybe I need to go back to Luke one and make sure we don't skip mm-hmm. over that. We start within those days. Caesar Augustus issued a decree, but I think that's important that we we not brush aside the role and the impact that Mary has. Let me invite our callers again. We're having a conversation about women in the Bible, if you have questions or comments there, and particularly, uh, not exclusively, but particularly about Mary in the Bible as well, uh, her role, her obedience, her faithfulness, and more. Our number is 877-548-3675. Again, that's eight. Um, it, the number is 877-548-3675. So let's go to our, our callers. First, go to Cheryl in Birmingham, Alabama. Cheryl, you're live on the air. Go ahead. Hi. Um, my question is about older women. Do you have, uh, have you included older women and maybe widows in your study? Um, I'm That's asking because in my ladies' Bible study, we have half older women and half younger mm-hmm. women. Is there a woman in your study that uh, us older women could relate to? Love it, yes, Cheryl. Let me uh, let's throw it to, to them. Yeah. Let's throw. Let's throw. But I want you to stay in the line, Cheryl, because I'm going to give you a copy of the book so that you can actually have it for sure. It's Women in the Bible. But go ahead, Dr. Hoffman. Yes, what a beautiful question. And I'm glad that you ask it because there's so much more to women in the Bible than simply young women who God used in a mighty way. There is so much wisdom we have in these stories from women who had gone through trials, who had shown their faithfulness, and who were models to the younger women. And two women I look at in my study, one is Naomi. And so often we love to jump to the story of Ruth, don't we? And we see how things worked out 
well for her. But when we look at Naomi, we see a picture of sorrow and sadness with all that she lost. And one of the points I'll say, one of my favorite points in her story that I talk about in my study is that I wonder if all the sorrow and struggle that Naomi went through led her to be so bold in her advice to Ruth. And so we examine how really it was the impact of Naomi and her beautiful mentorship and really mothering to Ruth that enables the story of Ruth. And I'll give another example. We talk about Elizabeth and how fitting uh, in our discussion to talk a bit about Elizabeth too, because God places her story in part as a sign to Mary. And here we have a young woman, Mary, so afraid, so unsure, wondering how is this possible? And she goes to Elizabeth where God has done the exact same thing in Elizabeth's life against all odds, given her a child. And what an encouragement that Mary would have this woman who could mentor her, support her and sustain her through this time. So I really appreciate that question because it brings to mind and to focus the importance of the older women and their mentorship of the younger ones in scripture. Yeah, you look after in Luke one forty six Mary's song, and then it ends in verse 56 with Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Little disreferences to how significant people might have been or were in people's people's lives. Um, when we, of course, this time of year, the we sing, and probably the only time that you'll go to a place and hear people singing about uh, someone who's a virgin, like specifically saying and using the word. I, 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 I think that's probably the first time my my kids came back back home and asked, "Well, what does that what does that mean?" But that's something that's part of the celebration that the fact that Mary was a virgin, the miracle that was there, the miracle of the birth of the the forthcoming birth of the Savior. Um, it's just strange in culture to have those kinds of conversations. Yet that's an important theological and biblical reference. Why does that matter? Oh, absolutely. You know, we have this incredible story made even more in the life of Mary than Elizabeth. And I think the question it calls to us is, how is it all possible? And of course, that prepares us for Jesus himself coming, right? We have this miracle at the beginning of the gospel. And as we go through, we're going to see that Jesus resurrects from the dead. So how good of Luke, not just to give us the resurrection, but to prepare our hearts for the miracle of the entire story by what God does through Mary. And Ed, what's the the most important pact to me that really impacts my life is when we think of how it's possible, we know the angel tells us to Mary, the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And the reason I love to think about that every day of, of the year is to remind myself all the miracles in Scripture and in Mary's life and in Christ's life is made possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. And of course, we know as people of faith, it's the same Holy Spirit working in our lives today. And I think all of us, whether dramatic or not, have a testimony of the Holy Spirit at work in our life and really making a way when we didn't see a way forward for ourselves. So good. And Christianity is a supernatural faith. It's not a philosophical system. It's not—and this is tricky because, you know, sometimes in the broader context, people want to kind of keep the spirit of Christmas and, you know, be nice to people and God, you know, God's nice. And, and But this is a miraculous work of God, and Mary is so central to that. I want to, again, invite our callers— 877-548-3675 is our number. That's 
Um, one of the things that's a theme in the women in the Bible study small group Bible study is you're, you are lifting those voices. Uh, women make up the majority of the church. Um, you know, pretty much in all cultures and contexts, women go to go to church, engage at a higher level. Um, yet sometimes can feel their voices aren't heard, and because sometimes their voices aren't heard, um, and sometimes can feel where's my place in the biblical story? Because the biblical narrative is primarily describing the acts of of men, um, if you put the numbers together. Um, So why is it important that we pull out some of those female voices from the Bible and make sure that people understand what's going on there related to women? Yes, we need women to understand that they are not alone in serving God. And if God uses a woman today, it's certainly nothing new. It's exactly how the Lord works in Scripture. And that one discovery I made as I studied these women is at every point where there's a whole new historical time period in the Bible, we have a woman. And to give you a few examples, you have Exodus, right? This powerful time of Moses and the deliverance of the Hebrews. What's the first story we have in Exodus? The story of the midwives. And there also God prepares our hearts to understand the Exodus story by the miracle that happens through the midwives. And then the next time period, they enter the promised land. Whose story starts us off? The story of Rahab and how incredible she's not even a Hebrew, and yet she knows of the faithfulness of God and declares it to the spies. So we can go through one period, time period after another, right up to the time of Jesus, where we have the story of Elizabeth and then Mary. So women today need to be equipped with the stories of women in the Bible because, Ed, it's undeniable. And we can hear theology on women and what should their role be in the church. But if we simply read these stories, there is so much encouragement for us to be strong in the Lord, to ask God what he's called us to, and then to go forward boldly, knowing that God will bless us. That's another theme amongst women in the Bible. It seems no matter what they do, if they're righteous and willing, God does incredible things through their lives that impacts a whole generation and beyond. Fascinating. Well, we're talking to Marina Hoffman. We're going to continue our conversation on women in the Bible. We're specifically looking at Mary, but more than that as well. Some of the questions have been about women in the Bible in general. We're taking your calls, 877-548-3675. Jump on if you want to give us a call. We'll continue our conversation, 877-548-3675. And we're back at Stetzer Live. We're talking about, well, one of the most significant characters in the Bible in Luke one thirty-eight. Mary says, Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Uh, in Luke 142, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, speaking of Mary. And it goes on and on and on, yet often overlooked in the, uh, in the, in the maybe not at Christmas time, but often overlooked at other times during the year uh, as well. So we're taking your calls about, about Mary, uh, about women in the Bible in general, 877 548 Three six seven five. Our guest today is Dr. Marina Hoffman. She's a uh, she's written Women in the Bible Small Group Bible Study, connected to Palm Beach Atlantic University there as well. Our friends down there in South Florida who who are experiencing a warm Christmas like they do every oh, every year. I'm a little jealous of that as well. Again, our number eight seven seven five four eight. Three six seven five, and we're going to invite you to come give us a call. But let's go uh, first to Andy in well, right here in Wheaton, Illinois. Andy, you're live on the air. Dr. Hoffman, I, I so appreciate what you said about Mary and Luke in the and Luke illuminated 
why why she's praiseworthy. But who do you who are you surprised by in your study of women? Yeah, and Andy, let me just say to you, we're going to give you a copy of Women in the Bible as well. But just jump in, Dr. Hoffman. Who are you surprised by in those biblical stories? I would say Rahab because she does speak about God and what God's done. But, you know, it's so beautiful when you take one passage and you say, I'm going to spend the whole afternoon reading these maybe 10, 12 verses over and over. And the more I read Rahab's words, I was struck by the fact that, you know, and I don't want to get in trouble here. I think she speaks prophetically. What is to speak prophetically? To speak about God and what God's done. She speaks prophetically to the spies. And of course, that's so ironic because the spies are from Israel and they're the ones that are supposed to know about what God's done. But they don't do any spying. They go to Rahab's house. She speaks about God, all that God has done. What a testimony to not even be from Israel. And yet she heard and knew who God was. And then she gives the report to the spies and they leave. So really beyond speaking prophetically to the spies, she fulfills Joshua's mandate to spy out the land and bring a report. And is it too much, Ed, to say that because of all this, really Rahab is at the center of making the victory for Joshua and the army possible apart, or we could say in addition to all God accomplished. But really, God used Rahab in a powerful way to influence the course of events in one of the most pivotal moments of Israel's history. No question, and acknowledged in other places in Scripture as well. And, and women in the in the Bible small group Bible study deals with Rahab and others as well. So I want to invite you to pick up a copy of that and continue our conversation. Uh, let, let's, um, let, let, let's talk about, uh, well, Cheryl has a question from Chicago. Cheryl, what's your question or your comment? Yes, I was wondering if the study would be good for, we have a, a group of ladies, mostly older, you know, 60 and above, but some 40. And I would say we are, we don't have strong uh, husband leaders. I would say we're more the spiritual leaders in our life. And then some aren't even married. Some of the husbands aren't even believers. Uh, is there a story there that would relate, you know, so let's give, first, let's give you a, let's give you a copy of it so you can check and see. We'll give you a copy of Women in the Bible, small group Bible study. Thanks for your call, Cheryl. What do you what do you think, Doctor Hoffman? Yes, Cheryl, thanks for that question. And, you know, you raise the point that so many women of faith struggle today. And it's just heartbreaking when a woman desires to have a godly husband and for one way or another, it doesn't work out. And there's a sense of sorrow and sadness. I certainly can relate to it. I do have a godly husband, but I didn't even meet him till I was 25. And I, I see now I was young. But at the time, I very seriously resigned to accepting maybe I would never get married. And that was heartbreaking for me. So my heart goes out to situations that you're describing. And I think that's all the more reason that we need to have strong female Christian friends a support and encouragement, someone to speak truth into our life. And, you know, um, Cheryl, I find also that women in the Bible can be a form of friendship to us. We dive into their stories. We feel a sense of knowing them and we look at their lives and are so encouraged if we allow ourselves to be impacted by them and to know their story well. So I think the study would be a source of encouragement and inspiration because it's based on the word of God and God speaks through his word every time we sit down and take the time to listen. So I know you 
would find favor and blessing from God studying these stories. Okay, favor and blessing. Let's talk about those things. Mary found favor and with God and was called blessed. Why did Mary find favor, and what does that mean for us today? Well, why is Mary favored? You know, I don't think the Bible tells us explicitly, but if we look at the person she was, she was certainly one who was righteous and who followed God. And we see that confirmed throughout the life of Mary. And I think there's a commitment, a lifelong commitment that I'm sure God knew that was a part of Mary's makeup. So Again, why is she favored by God? Well, in part because God chose her. That makes her favored. But I think also as a person who was willing to follow God and be faithful. And I think that connects, you know, Ed, to us finding favor with God as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, talk, you mentioned your lifelong faithfulness. I want to, excuse she's mentioned several, uh, several times on different occasions throughout the gospel. We, around an advent and around christmas time we focus on you know her you know miraculous you know pregnancy the the birth of the savior and more um but tell us more about her lifelong faithfulness yes you know a lot of us will know she was present at the wedding at cana but do we really realize her impact in that moment she propels Jesus to launch his ministry on earth. That is huge and made all the larger because Jesus more or less says, no, it's not my time. And Ed, how do we understand this story? I think one way forward is to say Mary actually knew as his mother, it was his time. So it's a fascinating moment in scripture. And in the end, Jesus acknowledges that, yes, it's his time because he does move forward, launch his ministry and do this miracle for for all the servants to see. And then we keep seeing Mary show up. She never left his side. We see Mary at the death of Christ. We see Mary at the resurrection. And I think by time Mary has ascended, Ed, can we say that her call from the angel was complete, right? She brought Mary, she uh, brought Jesus to earth and he has now left and she can pick up on her own dreams and desires. And yet we see Mary one more time in the book of Acts, waiting for the Holy Spirit in the upper room amongst the apostles, willing and ready to bring the message of Jesus us and the ministry to the ends of the earth to start the early church. So what an incredible response to the call of the angel, not just obedience, but lifelong obedience, even beyond what the angel asked of her. And again, what a source of inspiration to us to take God's call and to go above and beyond. Yeah. And I think Mary just, I mean, that's so much of why we speak about her is, I mean, the miraculous is right there, right in the beginning of the story, but the faithfulness in the power of the Holy Spirit is throughout the biblical text, and I love that. And again, I want to invite your calls, eight, we're talking about Mary, we're talking about women in the Bible, we're talking with Dr. Marina Hoffman about her book that actually specifically addresses uh, women in the Bible, and you can find more information at womeninthebible.info, but our number is 877-548-3675. we got basically one more kind of segment we can kind of take some calls and questions. Again, 877-548-3675 is our number as well. Let's talk about Christmas for just a little bit more, just to introduce it, and then we'll have one final segment to go a little bit deeper. Um, we we know, you know, Mary's story is a story of wonder. Jesus' birth was incredible. How can we see that wonder, excitement, anticipation in our own celebrations of Christmas 2,000 years later? You know, Ed, you're asking that question, and I think so many of us will immediately like 
think, please don't give me one more thing to do because the <laughs> Christmas season becomes so busy. And even with people shopping online, I think sometimes it takes longer to shop online, all the options and how the reviews to read. Christmas is such a busy time and for many wonderful reasons, spending time at church, connecting with friends. But how do we find joy and wonder? I think it begins with an effort to be present. And so I will not ask anyone to do anything, but perhaps we can stop everything for a moment. Stop for a moment with our families as you do, Ed, and read the Christmas story and maybe try something totally counterculture. Shut down all the electronics, put them away. Maybe Maybe even sit in silence. How strange, right? To sit in silence and to just listen and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts or through something beautiful like Handel's Messiah. And for me, those moments of being present, especially with my husband and my daughter, those are the moments that I go to wonder and joy. And we can even add blessedness, right? Just a thankfulness to reflect on all of God's mercies, even among the challenges we faced. Great, great, great. We're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Marina Hoffman in just a moment. We've got one more segment talking about Mary and, in general, women in the Bible. We're talking to Dr. Marina Hoffman, Palm Beach Atlantic University. She's written a Bible study on women in the Bible. You can find all that, including following her on Instagram or her website, all listed at edstetzerlive.com. We're going to be back in just a moment with your calls. Again, last time to call 877-548-3675. Hey, we're back. We're having a conversation with Dr. Marina Hoffman and talking about women in the Bible. She's written a Bible study, Women in the Bible Small Group Bible Study. And you can find that linked at, uh, at edstetzerlive.com. We've also given away a few copies as well, as we've had some some good questions to help us think through some of these things. Um, let's talk about some other women in the Bible. That matter of fact, I, I see some calls coming in, but one of them, for example, asked the question, what about Miriam? So let's talk about her just a bit. Wow, Miriam, again, another character that we don't often think about, but she's actually called a prophetess in Exodus. And again, that will shake some theologies on women's role in the church. And why is she called that? She leads the people. She speaks of God. She declares the goodness of God, the character of God to the people. So again, sometimes these verses on women, Ed, passes by quickly because they're so short but giving a pause to realize the impact of them. And, you know, uh, even as we talked about Mary being present with the apostles, what can we say of Mary? Can we say that Mary was one of the apostles bringing the gospel, the message, the ministry of Jesus and establishing the early church? Hmm. Let's go to Jeff in Fort Myers. Jeff, you're live on the air with your question or your comment. Hi, uh, my comment is, and I I hope I didn't miss this uh early in the broadcast because I've, I've been in and out of listening to the radio. But You have, wait, so I, you I have hope... not been listening to us nonstop since the beginning of the show, Jeff. I'm a little disappointed <laughs> by this. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, as a man, uh, when I read the Bible, I, you know, I not only glean things from listening to stories about Moses and uh, Daniel and, and all the other men, but I glean information and I things that can apply to my life from reading about Eve and Hannah and Deborah and Chloe and Lydia. So I hope that uh, I notice there's no men calling in. I don't look at it as a subject just for women. And I, I don't know if the book is only aimed at women, but 
Uh, I hope it isn't. Uh, it's a great question. Well, let's let's get you a let's get you a copy of it first. So if you'll stick on our line, uh, our producer will jump on and give you a copy of Women in the Bible Small Group Bible Study. But how how do we, as you know, men and women, look to char- biblical characters, Doctor Hoffman, and and uh, learn from both? What what does that look like for us? Right. Well, I think a few important points. One, we talked a little bit here and there about the theology of women and what we think of the role of women in the church today and in leadership. And so if we're going to have these theologies and opinions, and if we're going to guide our church and even denominations along these lines, it's so important to have a full understanding of women in the Bible beyond a verse or two that we might pull from the New Testament. What's the whole picture and the varied picture of the role of women in Scripture? And I think to bring it also to a very practical level, every man has a woman in their life, whether spouses, daughters, women in their church and their community. So again, I hope that men do tap into these stories because women need these models and they need this teaching. They need to realize the power and influence of women in the Bible. And Ed, I, of course, teach on women in the Bible in university. And I'm thankful to say the my male students are as happy as anything to have the world of women in the Bible open up to them. And some are pastors and preachers, and they just paused and said, whoa, I don't really teach on these stories, and yet they have so much to offer, just as Jeff testified. So I, I hope there's a lot more pastors out there teaching on these stories, because God has given it to us for a reason, and just like mm-hmm. men, male student, uh, male characters inspire us, so do women. Yeah, and I think I think Jeff's. I mean, I appreciate Jeff's learning spirit. He's actually saying, "I want to learn from these different biblical accounts and biblical characters, and more." And I think this is important because I think you know people do when you talk about discussion. People, well, I have this view of you know, women's ministry roles or whatever it may be. And, you know, you, you'll you have a view, Moody has a view, I have a view. We're actually here, I mean, if we can't learn from Mary, then we're actually, I mean, literally it says her name would be called blessed. If we can't learn from her, then what's kind of switched on in our brain that causes us to miss how God's working through Mary and lots of other uh, biblical characters who are women as well. So, so again, I want to encourage you. Uh, we're one of the reasons we're giving away uh, copies of Women in the Bible Small Group Bible Study is to have those kinds of conversations. I think more effectively and fruitfully. Um, you know, sometimes around the holidays, it becomes a uh, around Christmas and more. It becomes a less joyful time. You mentioned busyness um, earlier. Well, you're 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 a professor of Bible theology and more. Um, how do biblical theological themes help us? Because right now we're focusing to a lot on camels and and wise men and stars, all of which I'm fine with, though I don't think the camels are in there. But anyway, my point is, is biblical theologically, what can we focus on this time of year that would be meaningful and help us stay more grounded? Well, I'll share one thought that has impacted me, and I'm totally plagiarizing C.S. Lewis today. Uh, I've, I read his book, Weight of Glory, just starting it, Ed, and he mm. talks about the, the aspect of glory in that God delights in us. And I don't think about that often. I think I'm the cliche person he talks about, always, you know, belittling myself, I suppose, and trying so hard to be better. But this Christmas, I've intentionally taken moments to stop and remind myself that right here, right now, God delights in me. And that has 
completely encouraged me, Ed. It literally puts a smile on my face. And I look at my daughter and I say, I know God delights in her so much and so do I. And then to look at myself and remind myself, God delights in me as well. And yes, I'm striving to do much, to serve the Lord, to do ministry, of course, to bring a voice to the stories of women in the Bible. But God just delights in me apart from all that as well. And again, taking that moment to be still and to turn off all the electronics and to focus on God's faithfulness in my life and just to build trust that God has my future in his hands. The year to come is in his hands and I can put my faith in his ability to look out, look out for me, watch for me and guard my way. Yeah. We've got a couple minutes left and I want us to come back to Mary one more time. We've talked about different biblical characters, women and more good callers today as always. Uh, any final word of encouragement for us with Mary's story that just as we're we're going to hear it, not all of it in most places, but we're going to hear it. What maybe a final word of encouragement from or with Mary's story? Yeah, just a couple points. One, to reread those uh, words of Mary where she says, the mighty one has done great things for me. And that's such a reminder to all of us to say, yes, God has done great things in our lives and to share about the faithfulness of God in the big ways and also just in the day to day. And for some of us, that breaks down to times in our life where we didn't even want to get out of bed, but God pushed us forward and gave us strength and was our strength. And so beautiful reminder of Mary who shares her story with us in Luke and for us to share our story with others. And then the last word, the angel says to Mary, no word from God will ever fail. And Ed, what a reminder to dive into God's word, to know the promises of God, and then to put our complete faith that none of those promises for us will ever fail. Love it. Love it. We've been talking to Dr. Marina Hoffman, Palm Beach Atlantic University, her uh, Bible study. It's called Women in the Bible, Small Group Bible Study. And so I do want to encourage you to pick up a copy as well. We've given away a few here also. Dr. Hoffman, thanks for taking the time for being with us on the program. Thank you so much. It was good to be with you and talk about this today, Ed. I love it. Good. Well, let's again, I want to thank my guest, Marina Hoffman. also like to thank my team behind the scenes. You know, we have a great team here that does some great work to make all this happen. Uh, Karen Hendren, my producer, uh, Courtney Young, uh, engineer, and Eric Tidwell manning the phones, as he often does. And by the way, if it's around Christmas time and this is a more challenging time for you, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to last week's program at edstetzerlive.com. We had Pastor Chris Hodges on. We talked some about depression and uh, really our path through, forward, uh, how to get help, how to how to be a person of help, and more. Also, tune in next week. I'm going to sit down with Dove winning uh, Dove Award winning artists Keith and Kristen Getty. We're actually going to have the conversation at Carnegie Hall, and I'm going to talk with them about their latest Christmas album and more. So, we'll, I'll be in New York City, and uh, and they will be as well. So it'll be a good conversation. I want you to be able to listen. So remember that for next week. As always, you can subscribe to this program as a podcast by going to edstetzerlive.com. It'll actually lead you to the Moody Radio app. You can actually subscribe to all of our Moody Radio programs as a podcast as well. And as always, you can connect with us through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those places through uh, Ed Stetzer Live. That's our address there is Ed Stetzer Live. And hopefully you've been encouraged today. And uh, what a great opportunity to dive into God's Word over the next few weeks. I recognize there's a lot of things to be doing, but there's no better thing to be spending time with the Lord and engaging in God's Word to remind us of the beauty and the miracle of Christmas. Remember, Ed Stetzer Live is a production of Moody Radio, which is a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Thanks for listening.